Good afternoon, my fellow Sith brothers and sisters, pure bloods, cultists, rebel scum on the run to a special edition, a celebration weekend edition of my life on Exegol. Unfortunately, this Sith Lord is not one of the lucky ones to be across the pond in London with everybody. But to those of you who have made the trek across travels, and I look forward to seeing and hearing everything that comes out of this weekend, I wanted to start recording. And I actually had to write everything down to help keep myself organized because there was so much stuff just in day one that had dropped. And it is completely overwhelming. One of the things I plan on touching on, the trailer actually just, I didn't realize the trailer was on Disney Plus now. And... Even watching on a bigger screen other than my phone. I have tears in my eyes. (laughs) And I just felt so moved. By what's to come that. I want to go ahead and start jumping on and recording this stuff while I can. So it'll probably be a couple little teeny segments. And. Without further ado, I'm going to jump into day one celebration news that dropped. I'm going to try to touch on a little bit of everything. Um, I know, and they don't usually post or talk about panels and stuff like that. That stuff's a little harder to track down. But the bigger, more important stuff, some of the toys, and of course, TV stuff, that stuff I do have. So, starting off with toys. Now, Hasbro Pulse is, I know, doing a panel tomorrow around 1 o'clock. So, I'm going to try to, I'm off, I don't have any plans, it is Easter weekend. So, I'm going to try to pull from that. I may be able to even try and watch it. I know it's kind of the middle of the day. But some of the toys that have dropped from Celebration Day 1. A couple of the Return of the Jedi 40th Anniversary Lego sets that are to come. Now, I did not catch if those were exclusive uh, in terms of pre-order or purchase, but I know that from my knowledge, those are not available for pre-order yet from what I could see in the article, because at first I only knew about one of them based off the picture, and then you scroll down, and it's like, oh, hey, there's two of them. So, 40th Anniversary Lego Sets, Return of the Jedi. One of them is a speeder bike chase. Endor, of course. With the Biker Scout in front and then Leia Luke behind. That set looks really neat. It's kind of hard to tell judging off a scale. Obviously, it's not going to be a terribly big set. These commemorative ones aren't too terribly big. They're not necessarily too small, but they look, I don't want to say one square foot-ish, roughly. But that is set one of two. Set two, the Jedi 40th Anniversary is the throne room showdown where you've got Palpatine and his chair with a nice view (laughs) of 
father. Of course, he's it's already he's already been he's already confronted his father with the truth. His dad takes him up to see the emperor. This is right before things turn. And that set looks really nice. Also looks to be about roughly one square foot in terms of size, same as the other set. The other toys I saw that had come out were Hasbro did announce Black Series, um, Bad Batch Season 2. It was a little confusing at first because initially I only saw Omega, Hunter, and Wrecker. I couldn't tell if it was Wrecker or Tech in the photo with the way it looked like it was Tech, but when I clicked on it, the images in the article were different. And it's hard to tell if they are selling them as a six-figure set or if they are available individually for pre-order. I believe the... Updated figure, at least for Omega. Everybody's got their updated Season 2 gear. Of course, Omega, Hunter, Tech, Wrecker, Echo, and a Commando. I believe Omega is going to be one of the first ones available for pre-order with her bow. And I have to say, now that Season 2 has wrapped up, Maybe after some clones. I've already started collecting some of the clone troopers. It's hard enough keeping them straight. But at least Bad Batch ones I can keep mostly straight. Um, that one and then the other one. Which the other one I already know is a um, available for pre-order exclusive. Those attending Celebration which they did limit. This really nice 40th anniversary Return of the Jedi Darth Vader that's got kind of this red empire print on him. That Vader does look really, I like to the box poster and everything on it. The box, it, uh, it looks beautiful. It does remind me a little bit of what Funko does with their kind of almost Target exclusive with, um, I've got to find it because I forget now that I'm talking about it, I forget what the guy's name is. Do, do, do. Pop, pop, pop. looking because I can't find them in my room. That's a little concerning. Do, do, do. Ah, Futura. Couldn't find any of them because I also have a Stormtrooper one. I'm like, where the hell are they? I know I've got a Boba Fett one and a Stormtrooper one. Of course, they're down in the bottom of my case. See, this is what happens when you have a lot of shit that you need to reorganize. But this Black Series Vader from Return of the Jedi that's available for those attending Celebration to scan a QR code for pre-order. That Empire Red print on him does remind me of the Futura Funko Pops that come out with um, different patterns and prints. So it's really interesting to see a... Um, six inch uh, black series with a similar print of course being an anniversary figure you got to do a little special with them but those ones are in terms of toys moving on to the last one that I wrote down was and I, he's available for pre-order this coming week. So you best bet my ass is going to fly on that one. But the Chatterback Chopper, which is available for pre-order on 4-11 at 1 o'clock. I am going to have to find a, hopefully I'm on lunch break because <laughs> I'm even going to put a reminder in my phone. I have to have him, but. 
I have been dying for more Chopper merch. And I do know that there is down at Galaxy's Edge, there is a Jewelry Depot Chopper. Uh, that one, I know he tends to run, I think he's just over 100, somewhere between um, 120 and 150, I think, is uh, when I was talking to some 501st friends at GalaxyCon. So I'm hoping the Hasbro one is not as expensive. Still looks really cool. I think he makes about there's like 40 different noises or phrases that you can get him to say. And he does move around. And it just the articulation on it. I don't care if he's in non-imperial disguise. He's just the same old uh, sassy little that we have all known and love um, Rebels but Chatterback Chopper of course pre-order on 411 so moving on to TV stuff so TV wise we have do 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 Acolyte series confirmation on uh, Disney Plus 2024. Skeleton Crew series on Disney Plus confirmation for later this year. The big one that really came out was the poster and the trailer, which I referenced in the beginning. For the Ahsoka series, we now have confirmation Ahsoka comes out or starts in August of this year and it's even on Disney Plus now so I don't have to I can keep re-watching it on Disney Plus but I've legit watched that trailer a handful of times and actually watching it on my TV it I cherish Rebels so much and I pray to God that Dave Filoni, because Rebels characters are heavily featured and entangled in this series, I pray to God that seeing them in live action will be just as magical. I got to see Chopper, so I'm fucking happy, but we did see in the trailer, uh, Ahsoka does make reference to Heir of the Empire the back of Thrawn's head we do not see who's actually playing him yet uh we did see live action Hera Ezra on Hollow we did see Chopper and Sabine of course pretty much almost picking up where Rebels ended with Ahsoka coming to visit her so I'm really anxious for that um we did meet all of red-bladed figures, one being the talented Ray Stevenson, who a lot of us probably know from not only the other guys, but he also was in the Thor movies. He was one of Thor's uh, friends. And a female, which oddly enough, when you go on to Google for the Ahsoka series, their characters are unnamed. But it did also, there was a clip of where we saw Ahsoka fighting an Inquisitor. Unsure if that Inquisitor is female or male. We also confirmation of a Andor Season 2. And this in particular, I've been seeing a lot of clips from this announcement too with a bunch of people storming the stage saying one way out, one way out, one way out. And Tony Gilroy was there with Diego Luna. And at one point they even had Andy Serkis. The series was, the series was beautiful. I know uh, the actress who played Deidre Miro was there, Bix Colleen, Mon Mothma. Uh, quite, quite a few other characters from the Andor series were there. 
of course, it was announced that obviously season two is coming, but it will be the final season because obviously we know what's coming with Rogue One. So definitely excited for that. I don't believe they mentioned exactly when, if that was a 2024 or 2025 project. That that I did not see or hear a date on. We also got news of uh, them showing previews of the final two episodes of Mando Season 3. Now, I am unsure if it was the full final two episodes, but trying not to look at, and I'm really praying that spoilers for that don't really come out, although after this week, I think some of us could really use some good news because I've seen a lot of division within the fandom regarding this past week's episode. And so... I know they had brought on for the announcement and the preview. Um, I know Moff Gideon was there. Emily Swallow, the armor was there. And um, they also had Katie Sackoff, Bo-Katan, Grief Cargo. And so also Rick... And I'm going to butcher his last name, so I'm just going to say it the way my NFO brothers do. Rick Fujiarmbar. <laughs> because it's so much easier for me to say that. But Gideon, it's really knowing, seeing the Ahsoka stuff. Knowing what's coming with Ahsoka and Thrawn and the heir of the Empire. I think a lot of us are really wondering because they've been kind of hinting of Thrawn being the background pulling the strings. And we only have, after this week, we only have two more episodes left of Mando. So we have yet to officially see Moff Gideon, uh, only buzz and mention of. Of course, we know after last week's episode that he did not make it to his trial. But now we're kind of left with, okay, who really took him? Did the Mandos really take him? Or was it planned? So, lastly, just looking through, of course, those of us who love movies. We did get confirmation that we do have at least three more movies coming. First one being by James Mangold, who will be doing a Dawn of the Jedi era movie. Now, Dawn of the Jedi is at the very, very beginning of the timeline. I unfortunately skipped it. I do partially regret it, but I did skip Dawn of the Jedi and went right into Tales. Just because 25,000 years, I believe, is Dawn of the Jedi. That's a little further back, whereas Tales is more like five. So I didn't necessarily feel the need to go all the way back, but I'm really curious. This will kind of also be our first glimpse at Legends material. Also announced was Dave Filoni's Mandoverse era movie, which will connect the Mandalorian series, Book of Boba Fett. Obviously, you've got Ahsoka kind of flying around the timeline, too. So he is going to be a movie tying everything in. Lastly, this one really shocked me just as much as the Ahsoka trailer did. And that is Charmaine Obeyed Chinois. Hopefully I pronounced the name right. Charmaine's movie, which will take place 15 years post Rise of Skywalker. And so 15 years post Rise of Skywalker, 
who all did they bring on to announce as the Jedi Master trying to rebuild the Jedi Order? None other than Daisy Ridley herself, our Rey. And seeing her has filled me with so much hope will finally or hopefully get a Ben Solo cameo because I know that there was a lot of gossip and rumor that obviously they get together at the end of the movie and whether or not you know she's going to have a force baby and I honestly I don't mind Ray being a mother and so I think a lot of us too, and of course I say this because I'm probably going to end up rewatching Rise of Skywalker later because of it, but Ben's dying at the end of Rise of Skywalker was, <laughs> I saw it nine times in theaters and I don't know how many times here at home. It was traumatizing just about every single time. And even the last couple times I've watched it here at the house, that scene still really. Adam Driver, I know he's made comments and interviews about how he wishes people would forget his character and that he did Star Wars and blah, blah. But to be honest with you, 65 didn't really do all that well. So. I love and miss him is Kylo and I think if they offer him the right he will do what Liam Neeson did in Obi-Wan Kenobi and making a cameo I honestly think it is entirely possible and I pray to God for the day where we see Rey communicating with Ben through the force I just Praying to the Sith Lords that be, Marco Ragnos, XR Kun, whoever the fuck's up there, Ludo Crash, you know, y'all figure this shit out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Daisy Ridley's back. So, to all those sequel haters out there, of Degeneration X what to do um but yeah I just I am so glad because now that it seems like the Mando series is dividing the fandom right now where you got people that like it and people that hate it because Din's taking a back seat to the series now the funny thing about that is that the first two and a half seasons were about him but season three you know becoming more about Bo-Katan in a way I feel like too that was a little bit of the gripe with Obi-Wan Kenobi it focused more on Leia instead of Luke which I did not mind as long as you don't break canon because we all know what happens in A New Hope but Honestly, last I checked, it is titled The Mandalorian, which could fucking mean any single damn one of them people in the show, whether it be Din, Bo, Visla, the armor, any other Mandalorian in that series. The show is called The Mandalorian. It's not called the Din Din Djarin show. And how I feel on that that's my opinion I feel like I've seen more comments about him taking a back seat to his series more than anything and I think people are choosing to look at it the wrong way personally but I am so glad to see people it feels like for once people have kind of given up shitting on the sequels and talking about Mando. So all of us who got that reveal with Daisy Ridley, Ridley coming back, we all got our fingers in the air and Degeneration X going all over the damn place. 
And I have never been more proud to be a sequel fan in my fucking life because that to me is a true testament of just the fandom menace, just trying to, it's just completely discredit a group of fans who actually like myself, who actually enjoy them. And to be perfectly honest with you, like I've said previously, I think a lot of us can find faults in just about any single damn movie. So specifically shitting on the sequels, your, your opinion, honestly, it it doesn't really bother me anymore. So it is, it is so liberating when you can turn that off and just sit there and be like, you know what, just because X, Y, and Z don't like it doesn't mean that I don't have to. So if I like it, or if I don't like it, that that's okay. And we can all peacefully coexist. So post-sequel movie coming, very excited. So as you can tell, a lot of day one news. I'm going to go ahead and sign off for today and sign back on tomorrow with day two stuff. So sit tight. Good morning, folks. Wanted to jump on before work and talk about some day two and day three celebration stuff. Today marks the official last day of celebration. And so I want to get us caught up with some day two and day three stuff. So without further ado, day two stuff. We had the Ahsoka panel. And announcements involving some returning and new faces. Kevin Kiner, who was the composer for Clone Wars and Rebels, will be returning to compose for the Ahsoka series. David Tennant will be returning to portray the droid Hyang. Diana Lee Inosanto will be returning to her role as the magistrate Morgan Elspeth, who we saw in the Mandalorian series. New characters, Balon Skull and Shin Hati, will be portrayed by Ray Stevenson and Ivana Sacco. By far one of the biggest announcements, and this is the only one where I kind of, me personally, I honestly would not have mind. We got confirmation that he's coming, but I would have preferred maybe to find out either whether he's going to show up at the end of the Mando or the Ahsoka series. You know he's coming, but they did reveal the identity of our Thrawn. If you've watched the trailer, which hopefully by now you have for the Ahsoka series, you see the back of his head and Ahsoka making reference to Heir of the Empire. So you know that he's coming. However, returning to a role that he voiced in Rebels, we did finally get confirmation that Lars Mikkelsen will be our Thrawn. Moving forward to other announcements for Day 2, we did get confirmation that Tales of the Jedi Season 2 will return to Disney+. Plus. Now again, my only gripe with this is please, for the love of God, out of respect for the Old Republic comics... I just wish they changed the name for this. That's my only thing. No gripe against the series. I honestly didn't mind a Dooku Origins episode. And even Ahsoka Origins. I don't mind that stuff. Just please change the name. We also got an announcement that Return of the Jedi will be theatrically re-released later on this month in honor of the 40th anniversary in select theaters. Moving forward, uh, Kathleen Kennedy mentioning a couple things during her interview there. 
apparently Taika Waititi is still scripting his Star Wars movie, but we did not get any further information other than it's still a work in progress. She also confirmed that Obi-Wan Kenobi Season 2 is not in active development, however, did acknowledge that it did well. And Deborah Chow did a really good job with it. People liked it. And maybe in the future, but as of right now, it's not in the cards. Moving forward to the High Republic panel, confirming that the Acolyte series will have some ties to High Republic era. Alyssa Wong from the Dr. Afra comic series will be penning a new story. We also got confirmation that the comics will be moving into Phase 3, beginning with Kevin Scott later on this year. And we also got glimpses of a upcoming manga titled Edge of Balance Precedent. Lastly, Wrapping up day two with some Hasbro panel announcements, we did get a glimpse at the Return of the Jedi 40th anniversary Monopoly coming later this summer, and some Black Series stuff, an R2-D2, a Cad Bane, a Commando, another Vader, Doc Ondar, and probably one of the things I feel got quite a few gasps and awes. Obviously, the Ahsoka clone helmet coming on later this fall when the series comes out. One of the things that, and I'm not going to touch on all of them because there was quite a bit, they did mix Black Series with Vintage and some of the other stuff. I already touched on a couple of things from day one, but one of the things that I thought was actually pretty cool was the Four Spirits pack from Return of the Jedi with Anakin, Yoda, and Obi-Wan. That one did, I thought that looked really cool because I think, if I remember correctly, during the YouTube panel that I caught, they're not only going to be re-released as separates, but also as a pack. So that one, of course... Very exciting. Moving forward to day two, end of, excuse me, day three stuff, we did finally get some of the author panels or publishing panels, both from Lucasfilm and Dark Horse, as well as a EA, EA Jedi Survivor, which Still a little upset due to the not only the limited release that it'll be available on PC, Xbox, X, and S. I'm just a little perturbed because I have a 1S. But they did do uh, a, tra- a trailer release and of course Cameron Moynihan was there as well. Moving to the Lucasfilm publishing panel, some of the books announced Star Wars Timelines, Star Wars 100 Objects, Star Wars The Art of Jedi Survivor coming out later this year, Return of the Jedi 40th Anniversary from a certain point of view stories, High Republic Character Encyclopedia, Secrets of the Wookiees, High Republic, Jedi Brave in Every Way, Young Jedi Adventures, Jedi Training, Star Wars Ultimate Cookbook, and Star Wars Flip Pops. And then lastly, from the Dark Horse panel, we got confirmation again of High Republic Phase 3. Kevin Scott's Tales from the Death Star, which I will be pre-ordering, comes out later this summer, early fall. And then a couple of hyperspace stories covers involving the Jackson Annual. And then number nine featuring Quinlan 
boss. They did also couple of merchandise announcements, Funko announcing its Biddy Pop line, which will entail four sets being released, and then a Star Wars Rivals game. I will be jumping on Later on this evening, when I get home from work, once day four has finally finished, and wrap everybody up with celebration later on. So sit tight. Okay, day. So lastly, celebration day four. Couple things we did get confirmed. I wanted to touch on real quick we did get bad batch season three confirmed for disney plus next year it is going to be the third and final season we also got confirmation on may the 4th which is a little under a month we will be getting visions season two and they did show a trailer with nine new shorts Other casual comment made, uh, apparently, and I think this was also from um, Kathleen Kennedy and her her interviews throughout the weekend, but she was asked about Ryan Johnson and his Star Wars trilogy. Apparently, it's been buzzing around that he's supposed to be getting another one, and Kathleen Kennedy confirmed that even though they talk all the time, there is not anything active at the moment. Ryan is apparently busy working on a new Glass Onion movie, so that's not a no, but we didn't get a yes either. They did have a Marvel panel, which touched on the Dark Droid series that'll be coming out with Charles Souye at the helm. Jazzwares announced their Star Wars Micro Galaxy Squadron Series 5, bunch of little toys. And last but most certainly not least, they did of course at the end of the weekend confirm that the next Star Wars Celebration They're apparently skipping next year and moving to 2025, which will take place in Japan, Easter weekend, April 18th through 20th, 2025. Celebration weekend will be staying overseas. Now, on this particular part, I did see mixed reaction on, obviously, Those of us in the States who haven't had a chance, well, I've got to get to Galaxy's Edge first. So I'm perfectly content with channeling my focus on that versus trying to do a celebration and visit down there. So I'm cool with it being abroad, but I'm definitely seeing a little bit of back and forth between those of us in the States and, and just... I think I look at it with the same eyes that I did when I was into WWE wrestling frequently. And obviously there's WWE starting to branch out and do stuff more overseas now. So I kind of look at it with that lens in the sense that those of us that are here in the States don't necessarily realize how good we do have it because of accessibility to a lot of stuff. So The news of it being overseas and them skipping a year. Mm. Okay, so I guess maybe that's how kind of I look at it. But I did see a comment. I guess that is uh, anniversary for Revenge of the Sith, I believe. So we shall see how or what all happens. In the next, we've got plenty of time, obviously, to 
find out what by then will be deep in a lot of the the series stuff that was announced over the weekend and probably we will have at least one or two of the movies out by then so at least one of them anyway so we shall see i'm gonna go ahead and get us set up to talk about mandalorian that was last week hopefully by now you guys have had a chance to watch episode six guns for hire I do want to, of course, preface this as well before I take a quick break again that I am going to be talking about. This is now last week's episode. The new one is supposed to air tomorrow. So if by some chance you have not had a chance to view, please feel free to pause here where I take this break and then pick back up and rejoin when you viewed. So sit tight. Coming back for... Mando Guns for Hire discussion in a moment. Okay, guys. So, I will be perfectly honest. I kind of have a little bit of mixed feelings on the episode that we watched last week, which is now, like I said, talking about last week's episode, Guns for Hire. It was a little all over the place. And I feel like the fandom menace, it's definitely turning into a discussion online about Din Djarin now taking a back seat in the series. And I've said this before, and I definitely want to again reiterate, it's not called the Din Din Djarin or the Din Djarin show. It's not. It's called The Mandalorian. It can be about anybody who is Mandalorian in the series. And just like Obi-Wan Kenobi, where you're kind of takes it off of Luke a little bit and kind of flushes Leia's character out and gives her context and color. I am perfectly 100% for. I don't mind. I think a lot of people like Bo-Katan's character. I think where the pushback is is on top of this episode being all over the place and having a bunch of random pop-up characters in this week's episode, is clearly, obviously, Din is clearly not going to be the new leader of Mandalore. At least it's not looking like that anyways. We will touch on that when we get to the end of the episode. So we start off the episode with a corn being fed a fish in kind of like this. It doesn't quite look like a back-to-tank, but then a ship kind of comes up over on top of them and has, and she has them hail the leader and tells them that they've got business mid-rim. We come to find out that this corn is Captain Shagoth and the... What you think at first is an Imperial ship is really the privateers, the Mandalorian privateers, consisting of Bo-Katan's former crew, led by now Axe Wolves, and apparently they've been commissioned to track down a Calamari. And apparently... They were hired by the Mon Calamari Viceroy to find and track down their son, who apparently ran off with his girlfriend, this Captain Shagoth, and I just, I really don't understand the whole um, it just, it seemed a very, very odd placement starting off and you're like, whoa, other than finally seeing the, the other Mandos that we've known from previous seasons, it just didn't really make sense what we were watching. I guess they needed a way to bring in the other Mandos somehow, Axe, uh, Costco Reeves, and all of them. I guess they needed somehow to bring them in, but it just 
it seemed a little off, but apparently the Mandos are on their way to Plazier 15, and they board Captain Shagash's ship, take the Viceroy Prince with them back to wherever it is he needs to go. Back on to this new planet, Plazier 15. Bo-Katan and Din Djarin managed to find and track down the fleet. Apparently this is an independent world and they're just kind of going on about why the Mandos are here, thinking that maybe they're hired for protection. As soon as Bo and Din land, they are guided in and greeted by droids who are apparently Imperial or we find out eventually former Imperial. They get onto this tube type thing and they scan their chain codes and ask to go to the bay that's closest to the Mandalorian fleet and they are informed that apparently doing so requires high Senate approval and their presence has actually been requested by the leadership on the planet. And so they come walking in. It's very bougie, very luxurious looking. And probably the two most unexpected faces you would least expect to find on a Mandalorian episode. None other than Jack Black, who portrays in this particular episode Captain Bombardier. And then Lizzo, who didn't quite catch what her name was. I'm trying to see if I wrote it down. Apparently, Plazier 15 is her family's home, and Captain Bombardier is her husband. And Bo and Din join them at the table. Apparently, we find out that uh, the captain is former Imperial uh, facilities planning admin, and he is thankful for the amnesty program, which allowed him to find Plazier 15 and help Lizzo's character, whose queen, highness, majesty, whatever, apparently they fell in love. The queen asked to speak to the baby, which, of course, we're referencing to Grogu. And Din, of course, being protective parents, says he doesn't take kindly to new people. She waves a little fish at him or whatever, and Grogu flips right out of his seat and right next to her. Apparently, also joining them at the table is a bunch of other royals and elected leaders. And... Again, Bo asks to speak to the Mandalorian fleet. And let's see. Their Imperial past, or excuse me, Captain Bombardier's Imperial past forbids them from having a military. Apparently it's in the charter. And the captain asks them to come see the view and when they're finally out of earshot of the other people at the table, mentions to them about them having a droid problem, or as he called it, a coordinated malfunction. Apparently, they've been all reprogrammed for peace, but things there have been escalated instances, and one of the most recent where it actually assaulted a person. So their constables on Plazier are ill-equipped against battle droids. So the captain barters them a deal. Not only will you be allowed to speak to the Mandalorian fleet, but at the same time, as an act of diplomacy, recognizing Bo-Katan as the princess in, in her own right, recognizing Mandalore as a sovereign system and will also join in petitioning the New Republic to recognize them as well. So Bo kind of looks at Din and Din's like, you had me at battle droids. So they go to check off 
the droids. We also, the other unpeculiar, which I think this one we did have a rumor that he was going to appear at some point. Well, we finally now know who or what. Christopher Lloyd also makes a cameo in this episode as Commissioner Hellgate, which is their security officer or their head of security. And let's see. Commissioner, or when Bo asks him, why don't you just turn the droids off? And he points to this big red button and calls it the fail safe. And the citizens actually voted no because they are too dependent on droids. Turning down the droids would actually force the people to actually have to do work. Or I guess you could say manual labor. So he encourages them to go downstairs and speak with the Ugnaughts. And Din, having experience with Ugnaughts in the past, kind of takes the lead. And when he tries to talk to them, eventually he gets them to sit down. And in between what he's saying, he uses the I have spoken. And to get their attention, he also mentions he knew uh, Kuil in the past. And he asks them for a list of the malfunctioning droids. And the droids stand by their work and says that this is not, you know, this is not their doing. They get a list of droids. Apparently get a tip also that the next event may or may not occur on the loading docks. And when they're walking away from the Ugnaughts, Din informs Bo that it is actually an insult to them to accuse that they may or may not be at fault for what's going on with the droids. They find a battle droid in charge, or excuse me, just a normal droid in charge. And let's see. Din tries to get their attention at first by waving his hand in front of a few of them. And they're all just kind of going about their business. And one in charge says that the, in order to, um, they've been all sent to maintenance protocols for safety precautions. So then Din kicks it up a notch and starts slightly trying to kick them. He gets all the way up to the third one before the third one finally kind of takes the knee then gets up and attacks him back and then runs off. Whole big chase ensues and then Din and Bo split up. Din with the side sneak and they manage to shoot the Rogue droid down. They uncover a spark pad with an address in place called the resistor, which they put two and two together as a droid bar. When they walk in, Bo wants to take the lead. And of course, when they're walking in, all of the droids in the bar stop. And coming up to the bartender, bartender asks them what they want. Bo pursues about checking the registry and says something about all the droids in the bar are having blue C3, or excuse me, not blue C3, having Nepenthe, excuse me. I made a comment that there was a blue C3 in the bar, blue C3PO. Which looked really cool. Quite a few astromechs too. But none of the droids I actually officially recognized. Um, sitting down with the bartender. Bartender expresses that everyone in the bar here at this droid bar is actually all worried. That they will be replaced by humans. 
So again, pleading for now Bo and Din to help them because Plazier 15 apparently is their only place that kind of really gives droids a second chance and how the New Republic has taken a very proactive stance on scrapping and decommissioning them. When Bo and Din are informed that they're being given Nepenthe, Nepenthe is actually a lubricant that not only protects against wear and tear, but it also contains a subparticle refresh. So now, when the bartender's going through the different um, data pads from all the rogue droids, bartender points out that apparently they've all appear from the same batch. So they take the most recent down to the lab, and it's there that they find out that this particular data pad, or excuse me, the spark pad, is full of nanodroids, which has chain code writing on them. In the process, probe droid tries to attack them down in a lab. And finally, they're able to find out where the chain code, who ordered the droids or these spark pads. And let's see. Point of origin is the Techno Union, which was these, this particular batch was requested by the security office, which officially we find out is illegal because there is also no record of this transaction. And obviously in charge of security for office and culprit is none other than Commissioner Hellgate, a.k.a. Chris Lloyd. Bo-Katan and Din immediately go to confront him. He tries to threaten everybody in the room by pushing the fail-safe button. And when he tries to flee, he's quickly stunned. Bo throws a little stun disc or dart. I don't even want to say dart, but throws a little stun disc on him. It's very similar to what Black Widow has, those little things that kind of stun and take you down. Upstairs, the Queen and Captain Bombardier are playing Quadra Blast. Grogu, of course, right by her side, helps her. And they are completely surprised when they see Bo and Din walking in with Commissioner Hellgate. And they officially announce that they have found the culprit of the rogue droids. The queen, of course, being very disappointed. Captain Bombardier apparently is the focus of a lot of the commissioner's insults. He begins to insult the guy, saying that everything changed when his, um, when the captain came here and... The queen kind of being almost this disappointed parent, you know, expresses disappointment in him for doing so, but officially exiles him to the moon Paraquat. Bo and Din, or excuse me, Bo is presented with Key to Plazier, and Grogu is knighted. When Din and Bo go to leave with Grogu. Grogu does this little wave thing to the queen. Finally, Bo and Din walk upon the Mandalorian fleet. And Axe kind of makes a comment to her about, you know, are you here to reclaim your fleet? And kind of throws back about how Din Djarin has the Darksaber. He doesn't have an ounce of Mandalorian in him. And Bo's like, 
you know, he took the creed. He walks the way, blah, blah. So obviously realizing that this conversation is not going to go very far, Bo-Katan challenges Axe Wolves. And for the most part, Bo-Katan completely kicks ass. And I have to admit an interesting an interesting comment that I noticed just watching because Costco Reeves is, of course, quite a few of them in the group are standing by watching this challenge. But Costco Reeves' face towards Bo-Katan is really interesting because it's kind of this, like, you don't know if the faces she's making is for Axe or for Bo. So, little interesting, uh, little interesting observation there. Um... Finally, Bo gets the best of him, and Axe still refuses, you know, it's just, it doesn't matter, you know, they're not going to follow him, you know, a fraud carries the dark saber, so again, Din at first goes to offer it to Bo, and Bo turns it down, it's like, you know, doesn't matter even how nice the gesture And so Din kind of takes over the conversation and then informs them about what happened when he went to Mandalore and how he was captured and his blade was taken. Bo Bo managed to reclaim the Darksaber and rescued him, so technically the blade should be hers. Everyone there watching agrees, and so it's this whole big thing where Bo finally accepts the Darksaber and has the hero moment at the end. And that is where the episode ends. Honestly, if I had to put it on a five-point scale... I'd put this week's episode somewhere between a three and a four just because it was a little all over the place. You had the Mon Calamari and the Corrin bit in the beginning with the whole love thing between the two. And then you had Lizzo and Jack Black and Christopher Lloyd all cameoing, which I think Christopher Lloyd, I think, was the only one, I think, even before had started that supposedly he had a role that just we don't know exactly what. But keeping in mind that we only have two weeks left and supposedly they I know they definitely showed this coming week's episode at Celebration I can't remember if they showed both of them, but I definitely know they showed seven. And obviously with panel and discussion with it. So we are still patiently waiting for Moff Gideon to turn around. Apparently he's finally going to appear at some point, which we've all been patiently waiting. Obviously that'll tie into the whole Ilya Kane thing. We don't know. Um really also don't know the fate of um, Dr. Pershing. Obviously, you can assume his brain got fried, but, you know, did he survive? What all, what all are they doing? Um, let's see. What else have we been waiting for? Ah, the other thing I mentioned earlier, whether or not Thrawn is going to appear or be mentioned because at some point I'm sure this will possibly I won't say loop into the Ahsoka series coming out because that's what's coming up next in a couple of months but we shall see but like I said the episode was okay but I'll admit it was a little all over the place and, you know, just the random cameos. It's like, okay, what's going on? We're not going to totally, we're just totally going to ignore what, um, 
Uh, shit. What the hell's his name? Captain Taver. Damn it. It's a Captain Tava. Yeah, Captain Tava. Really don't know what he's thinking or what he's done with the information with finding Moff Gideon Shuttle just floating around in space. Like I said, episode was okay. Personally, still a really big fan of episode two, Minds of Mandalore. That's still by far, for me anyway, is my favorite episode. So I'm curious, what all do you like or appreciate? Always looking for feedback. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in, whether you're a new listener or a longtime listener. Please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, until next time or later this week when we talk about the latest issue of Mando, as always, may the Force be with you.